0: Hello, you're listening to a Zen Studies Society podcast. To learn more about our community of Zen Buddhist practitioners, please visit zenstudies.org. Good morning. Good morning on this wonderful Mandala Day, the Daibosatsu Zendo. residents and ordained, so wonderfully transmitted to us. And even if the sound might not be perfect, let's consider what kind of miracle we have here that it flies through the air to a satellite out in space and being beamed down back to all of us here to share. And that is so much in line with this great mandala that we celebrate on these occasions. We heard the names of many teachers, of many practitioners, of many human beings who we celebrate on this day because they helped through their existence, through their work, bring us this sangha, bring us these places of practice bring us to this point of presence. Now of course we can speak a little bit about the history of the mandala day and you might find that it resonates very strongly with the place where we find ourselves today there was Niogen Senzaki here in the United States, really wanting to meet Nakagawa Soen. Yet, human created difficulties, strife, separation did not allow them to come together. At that time, the strife was called World War II. Many lives were lost. Many people were separated. Times seemed as unstable as they seem today. But still on the 21st of each month in Japan, in America, two human beings were able, without any of this technology, to enact and make real and uncover this always shining Daibusatsu mandala. It is revealed. And that is such an important point to make. It is revealed through the human beings who find themselves at the intersections of this wonderful network, of this wonderful fabric of connections. And of course it is not just Nyogen Senzaki and Soen Nakagawa. It is not just Edo Roshi. It is so, so many others. At some point, we have to acknowledge everybody who was involved in this mandala. Ida Russell. Ruth Stroud McCandles, Shubin Tanahashi, men as well as women. And I like to call these wonderful women who so prominently shine in this mandala, the jewels of the Daibosatsu mandala, who inconspicuously helped to move this forward to where we are now It took until April 8, 1948 that Nyugen Senzaki and Nakagawa Soen were able to meet in person, but they did. And so do we, we meet in person right here, right now. And even after Senzaki sensei died His disciples continued to practice in Los Angeles, in little Tokyo. And a few few years after his death, on July 21st, of course, 1962, Joshu Roshi arrived in Los Angeles to continue the tradition of Rinzai Zen in Los Angeles. So there are so, so many connections and we are the tips of this mandala sticking out here in the universe. And we are at the point where all of these wonderful teachers of this practitioners, these human beings were, and we are the ones who are called to move it forward, to make it real, in the same depth, with the same dedication that we have seen over this long, long period of time. Now, of course, it doesn't make a much of a difference that today is the 19th and not the 21st because the Daibosatsu mandala does not know time. It does not know space but what it knows is the human heart of all of the human beings who have participated and who cannot help but discover that they always have been part of this great mandala. But today is also a day where we remember others who have departed. John Lewis, part of a different mandala, of a different network leading to the same point in the present where we all are, handing over the spark of what needs to be done, not to an anonymous crowd or institution, but to us who appear here again. neither mandala is disconnected. Today also I will celebrate with uh, our family here, the 49th day service for Shuko's mother who departed 49 days ago. With our parents, we also can discover that mandala in a very, very close and even physical way. In this pandemic, in this time of strife, we might feel that we are not together. But look, look at your screen Even though we might feel separated, we are connected. Now, of course, I know science tells us everything is maybe uh, separated by six degrees, maybe six degrees of separation. And that's a wonderful thing to say and We have to understand though, that as as practitioners of the way of the Buddha, we cannot stop and just take that scientific statement as the truth for what our practice is. Because through our practice, we learn they are not six degrees of separation, not five, not four, not three, not two, and not even one. What the Daibosatsu mandala, what the mandala of John Lewis, what the mandala of all good-willed human beings is here to teach us is there is no separation. Knowing that in our own heart, in our own life, in the same way that we would know if the water is hot or cold is what this practice is about. Science as a descriptive tool of the human mind of intellection, of discrimination is a wonderful tool where it belongs. It has yielded this technology that allows us to connect over these distances. But it will never, in its descriptive way, make up for the connection that underlies all of it. That we have to discover ourselves in a dedicated way of practice, like this practice. And of course, there are many others. Let's not be promoting the franchise of humanity here. There are no franchises either. This is not about the individual tradition, but about the common human heart that is beyond any of these labels. And sometimes we say, well, this mandala is perfect. How could it be perfect, we might ask? How could it be perfect with all these terrible things happening? World War II, and Senzaki ending up interned in a camp far from civilization on Heart Mountain in Wyoming. How could it be that we stay home avoid other human beings, keep distance, wear masks, and all of that, how could it be perfect? And it's a very important question to consider. Very important. So, we are in a mandala of samsara. samsara created by Engi, by Pratitya Samutpada, by the constant change, by impermanence. We are falling without anywhere of being able to hold on to. It might be frightening to really understand that in the marrow of your bones, but as we learn to fall We learn to fly and not to look back, not to look forward, but to just fly without being fearful of, when will we hit the ground? How far have we fallen? Will there be some place to stretch out and hold on to? And maybe if we grasp, we might experience being jerked around pretty violently until we have the strength not to hold on, but the strength to let go. In this mandala at the intersecting points of this fabric, each of us sits on top of the sublime peak. Each of us solitary but connected. Again, the pandemic, the strife, the violence, the death of important people, all of it is there right now. And pointing back to our anniversary session where Hokuto sensei spoke about this. No hope comes with it. Hope, I see many signs of hope in the yards when I in Shukusan take a walk in the otherwise deserted neighborhoods. Hope is a wonderful tool to start out with. But once we realize that we sit on that solitary peak and that we are entrusted with not hoping to be better at some other point in time, we have to replace that hope through our practice of presence. Presence in this very moment, not even in language, not even, I would not call it being Let's not talk about being because being is, is the present participle, which expresses continuous tenses. So there's already some temporal aspect with it. Not even being, being is already descriptive. What I ask us all to arrive at is at, to be infinitive, infinite, without past, without present, without future, without description, but complete presence. I also wanted to bring in one of the ancestors from the 17th generation of Rinzai Zen in uh, Japan. The 17th generation is Hakuin Zenji's grandfather in the Dharma, Shido Bunan Zenji, who was a successor to Gudo Toshuku Zenji. So Shido Bunan lived around the early 1600s 1606 until 1676. And we all know him from one of his most uh, cited or repeated statements. What you have to do is you have to die while alive. So one of the things that Bunan Zenji wrote about and which I would like to share with you today is things people are always wrong about. And this is a collection of short sayings which uh, Jidobunan arrived at through his practice in the early Tokugawa times. So let's see if some of these resonate today on this mandala day. Hating to be fooled by others while liking to be fooled by oneself. What a timely reminder. I do everything I can do to make this better. What they are doing out there is not good enough. We have no license to feel better in any way, unless we participate fully in this infinitive of to be. Here's the next one. Knowing others die, but not realizing one's own death. We see John Lewis disappear. We hear about Ruth Bader Ginsburg having another bout of cancer. We know families, maybe even in our own family, people who died from complications of COVID-19. Yet, we cannot walk away without looking at that we ourselves are looking into the eye of death. No avoidance. Here's this third one. Discriminating others right and wrong while not acting properly oneself. This again is related to the first one that we heard. Our human mind is so quick in throwing things into the buckets of right, wrong, and don't care. And even with the best intention, even with our best intention to make everything better, as long as we do not act properly ourselves and investigate, what comes before this separation into three, what is it? If we don't do that, of course, we have no right to criticize others. It doesn't mean we shouldn't speak up if something is wrong. And if something is wrong on the level that you know it in your gut, then you are already before those buckets. Suffering from want and not knowing how to avoid it. Shido Bunanzenji points again to the underlying investigation of how does this self work? How does this consciousness of a human being work? And how do we get to a point where we can know how to address? the wants that are born out of separation, out of unreflected, unconditional self-affirmation which of course are the reasons that we have such a lot of strife and conflict. Here's another one that is really pointed at Buddhists Thinking that original nothingness is nothing. It's just another belief. It's just another thinking. Oh, there is another God substance that we call nothing. But Linzai Zen and Zen practice and the Buddha taught that nothing is not nothing. So again, he is encouraging us to go deeper and deeper and look at that which really underlies all of it. And not that it is a thing. It is no thing and it is not nothing. Considering awakening, to be the teaching of the Buddha. Those who are awakened are rare, he says. Again, not objectifying what the Buddha did as a teaching, but the mandala we are celebrating today, of course, reaches back to Shakyamuni Buddha. And what has kept that fabric alive to this very day is the transmission of what the Buddha did. It is that force of life, that spark that makes our consciousness light up. It is that that goes beyond hope. It is that force that we all discover in each other as our own and as our common nature. So on this mandala day, let's give up all hope. Let's come into this moment of presence, of infinite presence with our full hearts and with our full energy to do what needs to be done when the time comes? This has been a Zen Studies Society podcast. If you found it to be of interest, please consider making a donation by visiting zenstudies.org/donate. Thank you for listening.